You're listening to Perry Noble's Thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. For daily insight, please check out perrynoble.com. All right, well, hello, and welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. My name is Shane Duffy. I'll be our host today as we take a look at how New Spring Church plans its series and services. So we'll spend some time with Perry today asking him to walk us through that process. But before we do that, I just want to say, Hello, Perry. And Perry, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm, this is a podcast I've been looking forward to uh, for a while. Actually, that's a lot. I've been looking forward to it for five minutes. I just, I just found out what it was about. I'm really excited about it, though. This is going to be a, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm even more excited, though, Shane, about our ups, uh, our upcoming leadership conference. Yeah, the September the 16th, New Springs' first leadership conference. We have a jam-packed lineup francis chan mark driscoll stephen furtick some guy named perry judah smith and judd wilhite but perry i want you to talk about the special guest that we've added for this evening session uh, on that same day rick freaking warren is gonna be here um we're really excited about that um rick is uh probably um he's a pastor's pastor and just a great man of god i respect him so much and uh, author of Purpose Driven Church, Purpose Driven Life, and I, I just um, I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. So we're um, we're going to give him the entire evening session. Uh, the we're going to we'll be done with the all all of us uh, will be done by five, which will probably be a miracle if you can get all of us done at five. Have a two hour break, come back that night. Our band's going to crank up for a time of incredible worship, and then we're turning it over to Rick and. Rick might preach as long as Paul when Eutychus fell out the window and people got killed, but it would be awesome because Rick could probably just go lay hands on them and they'd raise from the dead. So anyway, that's it. NLC 2000, we're pumped. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm serious when I say that this, that I cannot imagine a better one-day lineup to talk about leadership, especially leadership in the local church, than the New Spring Leadership Conference on, two, on September 16, 2010. There are seats available. At least just a as few. Of, just a few. As of this recording. So when you hear this, you better go check and get your seat because this baby will be sold out. So anyway, let's get on with the topic of the day. Today we're going to talk about something that, Perry, I know you're asked by many pastors, um, and I know I get asked a lot of times very simply, how do you guys plan your services? So what I wanted to do today is just simply walk you through a series of questions that we get from time to time so we can share with everybody who listens to the podcast how we come up with our services, how you plan for your messages, and things like that. So we're just going to jump right in. The first question, Perry, I have for you is this. Why do we even have a process for creativity? I mean, some people would say that true creativity should just happen. What would you say about that? I would say if um, if you don't what, – what was it? I had a mentor of mine that told me when I first got into ministry, fail to plan, plan to fail. Fail to plan, plan to fail. And yes, creativity happens, but I think it happens through a process. Um, we, we have had so many creative meetings, Shane, and you've been in these where we're going down a trail and then somebody says something that sparks an idea and somebody else who will make an offhand comment and before you know it, a complete idea for a series or a sermon or an illustration is born. Um, I'll be honest with you, there's creative meetings where I've left and you've left and we felt like we've accomplished absolutely zero, um, but it's it's a part of the process. So when people go say, well, does creativity just happen? I'm like, yes, 
But I think it happens through a process, and if you don't plan it, you're, you're going to fail. That's right. I had a, a football coach that used to tell me there were six Ps in the planning process, and basically that uh, proper planning prevents piss-poor performance. I like that. And so, I want that on our wall. Yep. So it's amazing. Some people think the Holy Spirit can only work in the spur of the moment, but not by planning, and I would say. Well, I, w- I mean, look at, look at God as an organizer. I mean, is God creative? Heck yes. I mean, good gosh. Look at the... Look at, I mean, look at the Grand Canyon, look at the Great Barrier Reef, look at the person next to you. That's, that's, that's a creative God. Um, it, but is he a planner? Absolutely, because when you consider there's just uh, the right amount of oxygen and nitrogen and all this other stuff in the air and we're any closer to the sun, we'd you know, burn up any further away. Free. I mean, that's, that's, that's creativity through planning. So I love there's, that. There's no doubt. Well. Well, we're going to jump in really at the beginning. So, Perry, if somebody uh, asks you, well, where do you even start? How would you answer that question? I, I start by figuring out what Andy Stanley and North Point's doing, and then we just try <laughs> to get a week behind them um, because they're knocking it out. That works Actually, well. Yeah, that would work well. Mm-hmm. Um, we start with uh, just honestly, cre- our, most of our sermon planning, Shane, I would say 99.9% of it comes from usually what God's doing in me. Um, I'll be like, this is where I think the Lord has taken me because I've discovered that if, if you're not preaching, if a pastor is not preaching out of what, what um, is called the overflow of his heart, then he's not going to be able to minister to anyone. He can do a good talk, but he can't give a great sermon because a great sermon comes from the overflow. And so usually we'll begin talking about this is what I feel like God's doing in me. This is what I really feel like the Lord wants to say to our church. Um, and we'll begin to have those what I call strategic conversations in order to best plan for, all right, and how many times am I going to speak this year? Mm-hmm. I believe a pastor should speak between 38 to 42 times. Um, I, I've heard pastors say, I've got to speak every week or my church will fall apart, and that, yeah, your church, that, that just sucks. You shouldn't, I mean, your church is in bad condition if you've got to speak um, for it to stay together because then it's built on you and it's not built on Jesus. So I would say, you know, get some, get some breaks, get some, get some rest, but plan between 38 and 42 weeks where you can really bring your A game um, and then organize your creativity process around, the, around those weeks and what God wants you to say. Yeah, that's good. Talking about the speaking schedule in particular, you mentioned 38 to 42 weeks. Uh, is there any importance as to when those 38 to 42 weeks are? Yeah, absolutely. I always tell pastors um, – you know, pastors always go, people coming back to church on the first Sunday of the year, and if you'll go track your numbers, they, they don't. They come back to church on the second Sunday of the year because the first Sunday, college football's on, and, and that's where everybody, everybody's watching college football. So I, I, the first Sunday of the year is a great Sunday to, to take off. Memorial Day weekend's a great Sunday to take off. Summer's the great time to catch your breath. Around 20% of your congregation's going to be on a vacation and no matter what, don't guilt them into coming back because they're not going to come back and then you look stupid. They're just going to be gone. Um, that's why you have online giving so they can tithe online. Uh, a Labor Day weekend, that, that's, a tough, that's a tough weekend. Um, Thanksgiving weekend is a tough weekend. The weekend after Christmas. Um, they're just some really strategic Sundays that you can take some time off to catch your breath and, and you got to work through those. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention because, I mean, we definitely, and I know you do, at, but we definitely take the speaking schedule very, very seriously. 
but we also along with all the the sunday trends over a year we also take a look at our local school calendar yes tell me why that's important well if you've got um spring break going on on either side of that that's a great weekend for families to take vacation your attendance is naturally going to be down um if you have a in-service weekend like a friday or a monday their um, attendance is going to be down and so we'll look at those and go hey there's a great weekend to take some time off or there's a great weekend to try out a new speaker um, that we think that this guy's got the goods but you know let's put him up on this weekend like don't stick him up on easter um (laughs) you know let's there's some safe weekends to do that and if there's an in-service weekend on a friday and a monday well that's a great weekend to just catch your breath i mean seriously it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon so let me ask you a question for all those guys out there that are wondering uh, how in the world they can even start this process because they seem to always be behind. This, the pastor's planning their message on Friday and Saturday and coming in on Sunday preaching it. How uh, can a guy out there that wants to get ahead get ahead? First of all, you've got to set some time aside for planning, sermon preparation, and it's got to be guarded. And when I say guarded, it means you're unaccessible. It means you cut your cell phone off, you don't tweet, you don't Facebook, you don't make phone calls, you don't check sports scores. You have uninterrupted time where you can literally prepare the message. I've I've heard pastors say, well, I'm always accessible. I'm always accessible. I'm always accessible. And I'm like, that's why your messages are so bad. Because you need to your number one responsibility as a pastor is to be accessible to God. And you can't do that if your door's always open and you can't you don't have any time to hear his voice. Um, you've got to set some time aside. Um, and it might be two hours a day. Um, I understand people go, Well, you go to big church and you know, well, listen, we started with fifteen people in a living room. I understand what it's like when everybody's got your cell phone number and everybody swings by the office. Um, that's why you got to start with where you can, an hour, two hours a day, set aside completely for uninterrupted time with God where you can pray, brainstorm, write down ideas, um, uh, read your Bible, and let God set your heart on fire. Let me ask you this. You mentioned earlier that most of uh, our series ideas or Sunday messages come from your own personal quiet time. It's an overflow deal. How do you keep from mixing up your time with God and sermon planning? That's a great question. I have, um, every morning is, I, I just do my quiet times best in the morning. I can, I can really connect with the Lord. Then uh, at night, I can go to sleep in the middle of a quiet time. So I, it's just best if I get it done in the morning. And um, I have a notebook with me with a pen. And if a sermon idea or a sentence or something pops in my mind, I will write it in that notebook and then I put the notebook aside and continue to ask the Lord to speak to my heart to show me what he wants to show me for that day. And that's a discipline because if you're not careful, you can go down the let's write out an outline, let's plan a sermon, here's a cool illustration, I can think of this story. Um, that's why I've had to learn how to discipline myself and just write that idea down, put it to the side because you know what's going to be there when my quiet time's over. Do you feel like when God shows you something, uh, like that, your quiet time, you jot a note down about a series idea or a sermon idea. Do you feel like it's important for you to you preach that this Sunday? Oh, no, no. I it It's something that I feel like God many times has to develop in me over a period of time. Like, 
Uh, I've waited six months to a year. I've actually waited two years before. God will put an idea or a thought in my head, and he'll just that it'll marinate for a while. It'll just sit there and sit there. And one of the things I've discovered is the longer you let something sit there inside of you, um, the hotter that fire becomes, uh, the more you begin to think about it, process it. And so when, when the Lord gives you permission to release that, um, when it comes out of you, oh, wow, like people know, okay, I think he's serious. I mean, I, th- I think he meant what he said um, because God has set your heart so on fire with it. So sometimes, yeah, I've got to get it out immediately, but sometimes, man, I just let it sit there mm-hmm. for a while. What um, you mentioned earlier about series ideas, how long should a series be? I think, um, now, 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 here's the deal, there's, I don't think there's a right answer. Um, Matt Chandler and Mark Driscoll both have gone through the Gospel of Luke, and I think Chandler took two or three years to do it, or, and Driscoll's going to take two or three years to do it. And I think you would be foolish to say, all right, guys, that's not working, because it's working. I mean, people are getting saved in their churches, and that's how God has led them to do ministry. Um, but there's another style of ministry that, that I really believe in, and one of the things that we try to do is make sure that a series goes no longer than about six weeks. Occasionally, we'll carry one seven weeks, but I try to make sure that a series goes no longer than about six weeks. That's, that's a great attention span for people, and then we try to switch it up and do something new. Once again, I don't think that's a commandment that needs to go across the board. You've got to figure out what works best in your church. If God told you to preach through the book of Leviticus, um, first of all, make sure that was God and not Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he told you to do it, then take five years or however you need along to do it. But, but that's just worked best for us over the past 10 years is let's take between um, – we've done as many – well, we've done one-shot deals, but we've done two-week series up to – we've tried 10-week series before. They were okay, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, we kind of, I like the six-week series idea. That's good. Um, speaking of that, is there any series or, I should say, any topics that you want to hit every year? Oh, yeah. Um, I think you got to hit money every year. Uh, pastors pre- freak out about that. And uh, I know pastors that absolutely refuse to preach about money. And I think that's equivalent to uh, refusing to teach your child. I don't want to teach my child not to play in the road. Um, Jesus said that your money, he said, do not, he, he said your tre- treasure, okay, what's that verse? Matthew, Matthew I'm, I'm losing my mind right here. He says, um, Jesus talks so much about money in the scripture. 16 out of 38 parables have to do with finances. Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if your money's going somewhere, your heart's going to be there. Uh, Jesus equated money as, I would argue from the scriptures, one of the number one spiritual indicators of a person's life. So if you're not teaching about one of the number one indicators of a person's spiritual life, then I think you're, um, I th- I think you're guilty of malpractice in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, so money is huge. Um, spiritual growth is huge how to grow spiritually. I don't think we can ever learn too much about how to grow spiritually. Uh, relationships, you could do a 52-week series on relationships and people would show up. Um, people want help with the relationships. We found recently that um, uh, series on kids, we did a series on kids have been real good. 
Um, one of the things that we've tried recently, Shane, that's worked really good is um, the Bible book series. We took three weeks and went mm-hmm. through the book of Esther, and it was very well attended and um, and very and there was a lot of interest in that series. It, so much so much so that it kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, we have done surveys where we ask the church what are their top questions about spirituality and Christianity. We preached on the top six most requested questions. That is something I would suggest every pastor to do because it gives you, um, it really does allow you to gauge the spiritual temperature of your church. So those are just some that we've done every year that's that's been pretty successful. Yeah, I think one thing I'd add to that, Perry, it seems like every year uh, you always hit the primary vision of our church. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You got to... Um, you got to hit the vision, and what's crazy is I've had pastors say this to me, and I know it's frustrating because I say it to myself so much. I'm like, but I've already said that. Uh, but people don't remember what we say. Um, most Normal people don't. Uh, normal people go home on Monday, and they're not waking up thinking, now that, that, that Greek word yesterday, what did that mean? They're thinking, how do I get my 5-year-old out of bed and my 3-year-old out of bed, and they don't kill each other at the breakfast table, and I get one here. and one, I mean, they're – so um, – so they're, they're not obsessed about it. So I once had a pastor tell me, preach the same sermon four weeks in a row. Half your people wouldn't, uh, they, they wouldn't know. That's so. right. Well, one of the things I think we found too, Perry, you mentioned the, the series we did on Esther. I think one thing we did really well is tell people what questions we're going to answer in that series. And I think when you, when you promote a series, you, people need to know, regardless of what you're going to call it, what's in it for them, like what questions you're going to answer. We found success. When we do that well, we have good returns. Yeah, because, I mean, and I know the argument against that, well, that's kind of superficial and shallow. Well, guess what? Most of the people coming to church are superficial and shallow. You've got to reach them where they are and bring them to where they need to be. You can't scream them there. So that's why we market things that way. Cool. Well, let's move on to uh, Sunday specific planning. Each week, we have what we call a creativity meeting. Uh, right now, it's on Wednesdays at ten o'clock for a couple of hours. And anyway, I just want you to tell everybody kind of where that starts. I'm, and I'll just jump it off for you. I know you you start by your sermon prep. What do you do with your preparation, and where does it go from there? I um, I'll sit down for several hours. Um, kind of jot through notes. I usually start with a blank piece of paper, like not even any lines, because I just got to have the freedom to write all over the place. Um, I do what I call a brain vomit, where I just kind of try to get everything out of my brain onto a piece of paper, um, which usually is about two or three words. Uh, But once I get that done, um, I try to organize my ideas around it. Um, I always start with a passage of scripture. I don't ever start with a, here's a cool story, let me find a, I don't, I don't do what I call Bible gateway my sermons. Like, here's a couple really cool ideas. Let me find some verses that go along with this. Um, I always tell pastor, you got to get a word from the word. So when I get into God's word and then God's word gets into me, it can birth something that's unbelievable. Um, and so I'll, I will get about a two page, two pages of notes. I try to keep everything to two pages. Um, I'll email those to you and to Lindsay, my assistant, who you then, um, I've allowed you to kind of select who's going to be in the creative meeting. Um, we get those emailed out by Monday or Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, we get together and come together and uh, discuss ideas, concepts. In, the, in that outline, I will, add, I will say, here's where I'm thinking about going with this, or I'll ask questions in regards to where do you think we should go with this, and uh, it generates about a two-hour discussion that's, that's usually quite lively. Um, 
you mentioned in there you don't get sermon ideas or you don't build sermons around just a great idea. You want the scripture to birth sermons. Sure. Uh, we run into people from time to time that try to build Sundays around a neat idea. Right. Why is it so, imp- a neat creative idea, I should say, why is it so important to start with the message before you try to put things around it? Because you're always going to have a message. You're never always going to have a great creative idea. Um, you're always going to have the Word of God, and the Word of God is always going to be powerful. And according to Isaiah 55, verses 18, or verses 8 through 13, it's never going to return void. And so if you build your church on how creative you are, then you begin to have to outdo yourself every Sunday. And then you begin to do ministry for shock effect rather than ministry, and you try to do ministry to impress people rather than try to reach people. And before you know it, it really has turned into the show that eventually you can't keep going anymore and you burn out or you feel like a failure because you have not, um, you, you just can't come up with that really cool idea each and every week. Yep. And uh, listen, there's going to be those weeks where you knock it out of the park um, and there's going to be the, the weeks that you hit um, some really good solid base hits and you shouldn't. You can't let, oh, my gosh, I didn't knock it out of the park today, um, depress you. You know, hit singles every week. That's what Rick Warren says. You know, just hit a single. Hitting a single is good. That's good. And it's a good reminder. I just wanted to tell everybody, look, you're, no one has ever been saved through a creative element in your service. The Bible says very clearly people are saved because they hear the word preached. That's the only vital part of your service. So I, build I everything around the message. Well, Perry, you mentioned that you send the notes to me and we get a group and we go together and you walk everybody through your sermon idea and we hash through ideas you have or sermon text or uh, what comes out of that besides the sermon? Do we get other ideas as we go through? We have. I mean, we've gotten other ideas. We've gotten stories. We've got illustrations. We came up with great creative ideas in that um, in that meeting. So it's kind of like a hodgepodge of ideas. I, I've always told the, the team, and every once in a while I have to refresh it, this sermon, when you get it, is 90% done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most of what you say in this room, uh, I'm not trying to be mean, it's just not going to be used. I'm not looking for the 90%. I'm looking for the extra 10% that's going to take this thing over the top. And uh, that's usually that's what's pretty effective. I mean, we might have... 30 ideas thrown out and only take two of them but those two ideas that we take and process and develop are the ideas that put it over the top so from that meeting after that meeting's over and you've taken notes because that's usually what you sit there and do is you take notes as people talk what do you do with that i go back to my computer and i sit down with that outline and i put all the idea i put all the really good ideas in and then i throw all the really bad ideas away When's the next time you look at that? Um, the week I'm going to preach, which is usually two or three weeks later. Okay. So you've done all your preparation on the front end. You right. have the meeting. You take the good ideas from that, redo your outline. Stick it in a folder. You set that to the side. And then the week of, tell yep. us about the week, your literal sermon prep, the week of. Uh, I will get the outline out on Monday and just look at it that I'm going to preach. Um, I try to look at it for about 15 minutes. Tuesday mornings. Um, I come in and I try to spend about an hour with it. Um, Wednesday morning, I usually try to preach it from memory. Um, Thursday morning, I do the same. 
and then Friday and Saturday morning, I'm usually uh, on a treadmill or an elliptical somewhere, and uh, I try to preach through it in 20 minutes or less. Now, I've never done that on stage, but I hit it every time on the <laughs> elliptical or treadmill. And then uh, Sunday morning, I run over it one time in my mind and I'm ready to go. I, d I, used to st I used to hear these people that said, um, for every minute you spend speaking, you need to spend an hour in study. And um, most of those people are seminary professors that don't actually work in a church, and so they have no idea what the heck they're talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I would say study, like Andy Stanley says, study concepts. Um, I had Craig Rochelle tell me one time, stop overcooking your message. Um, because what we do is we trust so much in our preparation that we don't trust in the Spirit. Now, that does not mean get an idea and just open your Bible on Sunday morning and see where the Lord takes you. I mean, that's a uh, wow. And wow, you shouldn't do that. But I, I feel like I've got a really good balance right now of an equal amount of study, equal amount of prayer, equal amount of dependence on um, what I've studied and prepared mm -hmm. and an equal amount of dependence on what I feel like the Lord wants to do extra in that service. That's cool. Uh, after we, in that same meeting, after we are finished talking through your sermon, one of the things you'll frequently ask is our worship leader, just, hey, what music have you, you guys got planned for this week? Yes. And so I just want to point out to everybody who's listening that Perry works ahead to the point where our worship team and all our artists have at least three or four or five, maybe even six, eight, ten weeks of themes and ideas of where we're headed yes so those guys come into the meetings with ideas already so once you hear uh, the suggested set list number one how important is the worship list or worship set for you how much do you want to be involved and uh, tell us sometimes when you become very involved I um, you know 90% of the time when I find out the set list I forget it by the time sun that Sunday rolls around. Like, I don't even know what we're singing. Uh, I really do trust uh, our worship team to select the right songs. I mean, Lee, our, our primary worship leader, he, he's in all the creative meetings. He knows the direction we're going. He's worked with me for 10 years. He, uh, I give him incredible freedom. And I would say he probably, along with the worship teams, 90 to 95% of the time, they pick out the songs. Uh, but every once in a while, I will really feel um, prompted to go to Lee and say, Lee, I really think we need to do this song. And Lee will go, no problem, man. We'll get it done. Now, there are times I go, Lee, what do you think about this song? And he either likes it or dislikes it, and I give him the option. But um, about 95% of the time, I would say, I let those guys select the music because I trust God to speak to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they always, Shane, they always do a great job. I mean, they always get it right. Um, I was talking to a pastor one time, and he was looking to hire a worship leader. And I remember him saying, um, leading worship for me is easy because I pick out all our music. And I was like, wow, I don't think you're going to get anybody good um, because there's not a worship leader that doesn't want some freedom to be able to select the songs. And so when you work ahead and you give your worship leader and your video guys or your graphics guys some time to actually think and plan and pray and prepare in, in that creative process, the product is absolutely unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would just echo that. I think part of the benefit uh, for our artists in, at New Spring is that, that our planning ahead provides them with a, pl a palette and a platform to come to the table with some great ideas that we can talk through. But let me just bring up this. There are times, Perry, when you have very specific ideas about 
uh, a song or even a, a set of songs on a Sunday. It's not often, but tell tell encourage the pastors out there that have that idea why it's important for them to tell their worship leader what needs to happen and why they should go ahead and do that. Um, first of all, I would I would warn pastors against pulling the God told me card um, over and over and over and over again. Uh, that, that's just such dangerous ground. Well, God told me we need to do this song. Okay, well, God's picked out the set list four weeks in a row, you know, and I completely understand that. Uh, so I would warn against that, but then I'm going to come back and say to the worship leaders that might be listening, there's going to be times where the pastor needs to go in a specific direction. Um, he does know the song or, you know, the video guys, the video element or whatever that he wants and you might not be able to completely understand that's where you got to trust him as your leader mm-hmm. and just say all right i don't really understand why we got to do that song or i don't really understand that but i'm going to trust you and i'll come back to the pastors and say if you give them freedom 90 to 95 percent of the time they're going to trust you the other five to ten mm-hmm. it's it's i'm telling you it's not going to be an issue where that becomes an issue is where the pastor and the worship leader um try their best to uh, honestly go in the locker room have a measuring contest yeah I mean really that's what that's what it comes down to and neither one of them are willing to be humble and um, about about the whole deal so I would just say you, pastors you got to give them leverage and worship leaders you you got to trust them when they come to you and tell you hey man I think we need to go this direction yeah that's good and I, I would just add too that it's so important I know in our meetings Perry you encourage everybody to say what's on your mind give the last 10 percent because we don't want to show up on a Sunday and anybody feel not 100 uh, percent confident in what we're going to do not that we don't take risks not yeah. that we don't always agree but we want to make sure when we leave the table at least at that point we're all in agreement don't well, hold don't hold back one of the things that frustrates me more than anything else in the world whether it's a creative meeting or a leadership meeting or anything that we're in is when we 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 talk through an issue and we come to a decision and then we go try it and it doesn't work or it fails and then someone goes well man that's what I thought would happen and I just get so PO'd because I'm like then you suck as a leader because you if that's what you thought would happen and you didn't speak up I don't need you in a meeting ever again I, I just don't need you because you cannot be trusted you cannot be trusted. So I'm like, I, w- I would rather know on the front end that the emperor has no clothes yep. than to walk outside completely buck naked and people going, hey, I think something's wrong there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to speak your mind. That's good. Well, we'll be wrapping up with just a couple more, but I want to hit this real quick. You mentioned the, your, your, the way you prepare your summer sermons and you go throughout your week. It sounds to me like Fridays and Saturdays for you are not all that stressful in regards to your message. So again, I want you to encourage the pastors out there that are sweating it on Fridays and Saturdays, the importance of a some kind of process that gets them ready for Sunday. Yeah, pastors, I know what it's like to sweat Friday and Saturday because I did it. I mean, when we first started New Spring, we had a Sunday morning service, a Sunday night service that was separate from Sunday morning, and we had a Wednesday night college Bible study. So I was preparing three messages a week and that is exhausting um i don't i don't really think any of them were good to be honest with you i'm surprised anybody came but as we began to go you know what um let's let's trim this down a little bit and and we finally got to one service a week 
because people can't apply 72 application points to their their lives a week and we were like hey let's really work on the one idea the one thought and then as I worked very intentionally and it's it's hard work to get ahead to get really far ahead I'm, I'm telling you I just don't sweat Friday and Saturdays anymore I mean pastors will be like I'm freaking out and I'm like man I'm going out to dinner I'm I'm hanging out with my family I'm going to really enjoy Friday and Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm going to be as laid back as I can. Because if you walk in there on Sunday tents, the people know it. They just know it. So I would say get a process in place. Here's the frustrating thing. Um, I know s- some pastors and church leaders are riding down the road going, tell me the process. I can't tell you the process. It's taken us 10 years to come up with the one we have. We traveled to churches. We've sat in on creative meetings. We've called other churches. I've talked to other pastors. I'll take a nugget or two from what works here, a nugget or two, but nobody can figure out the process other than you, which is why, Shane, a lot of leaders won't do it because it's work. Yep. They'd just rather live in the frustrating cycle that they're in, and insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting <laughs> different results. Or it's a DVD workout program that makes you throw up. Either way, <laughs> That's insanity. Right. Sandy's bad. Uh, you mentioned something that I want to bring attention to. When you come in Sunday mornings, you are usually relaxed. Again, um, and we're not going to hit a lot of things. Like when we leave our creative meetings, we keep very detailed notes. Everybody knows their assignments, and we have people on point to take care of everything we come up with. But I want to focus on, for the leaders listening to this, so many I know are senior pastors that because this process is in in place, a process, not necessarily our process, but a process is in in place, that you come in ready on a Sunday instead of worried. Yes. Like, talk about that again, how big a deal that is. Say, maybe uh, several years ago that wasn't true, and now this process has come in place, it is true. How big a difference has that made in just you on Sunday morning? It's too late to worry on Sunday. It's too late. And it's just too late. I mean, uh, you, um, you're either ready or you're not. And so when I walk in on Sunday, I feel like we've planned far enough ahead in the process. The right people are doing the right things. Um, I'm not on the stage barking through run through like I did when we first started. And I was stressed every week. Um, it was like, okay, today I'm preaching on grace. And by the time I get done <laughs> with run through, I'm like, I'm preaching on hell because I feel like that's what I just went through. Um, I just put the right people in the right positions. I let, I trust them to handle the work, and I walk in on Sunday. Um, I don't even sit through run through. I, I come up to my office and have a cup of coffee and just kind of relax. And when it's time to preach, I or when it's worship service time, I go down. I sit on the front row. I enjoy the music, and it's time to get up and preach. Hey man, it's time to bring it. And if something goes wrong on Sunday, we'll fix it on Monday. That's right. Nothing happens on Sunday you can't worry about on Monday. That's right. Uh, one other thing that just went through my mind. I want to put put this out there for the pastors listening i heard you tell someone recently or tell a group of guys recently that one way to get ahead in sermon planning is to use video yes talk about the importance of using video to to get ahead video teaching is it's here to stay and people can fight it but they're gonna look stupid um it's like the same people that fought um I i mean good gosh air conditioner when it was first invented there were people that were against air conditioner in churches um, and today those people look very stupid. Um, video teaching is something that's here. We've used video teaching here before very effectively. It was something that, in, that Craig Rochelle introduced me to. And people, I mean, 
one of the things we, we've discovered is we don't always announce that we're showing a video, mm-hmm. but we've shown um, Louis Giglio on video, Andy Stanley on video, Craig on video, Ed Young on video, and our crowd has responded. Uh, they've responded greatly to it because God, God uses that stuff. So take about three or four weeks, show some videos of some really great communicators, and use those time use that time to prepare for messages and get ahead. Yep, I think that's such a, such a great idea and a, and a resource that's so available now that churches can utilize to to get ahead. Well, I think that's it, Perry. I'm gonna give you a chance to say any last words you want to share with the guys about our creative process or anything else that's on your heart. You know, I did a, a blog post in the past few weeks about here's a creative series that'll work in your church. Yeah. And uh, basically, the the thesis of that blog was get along with God, let him set your heart on fire, and then when he sets your heart on fire, get in the pulpit or on the stage and unleash that fire on the people that attend your church. Um, You've got to preach for them. Ultimately, you have to preach from conviction and not creativity. Mm -hmm. Creativity is a part of the process, but it is not the end goal. Um, You've got to preach what God sets your heart on fire with and then surround yourself with people that can help you um, put that together. But, I mean, we have women in the creative process because they're going to look at a passage different. They're going to be like, hey, that's the fourth sports illustration you've used in a row. Can we talk about flowers? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that'll – which I don't talk about flowers, but some women do. Um, they, they really – I, I bring young, um, younger people in, older people in, single, married, to help me really wrestle through the points of that series. But at the end of the day – You've got to have a heart set on fire by God, be completely filled with his Holy Spirit, be obsessed with his word, and then unleash that on the people that attend your church every Sunday. Well, that's really good. I hope, and I know Perry hopes, that this podcast has been helpful. If New Spring Church can help you in any way, just shoot us an email, hello at newspring.cc, and we'll do what we can to help you because we are about the Big C Church. Thanks for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye.